G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. This week I'm at home, finally, and I'm down on Wadarung Country. This is where this podcast has been produced and recorded. Now, it's not every week that the podcast is disrupted by the sound of road trains that are shuttering the offices of our guests, but that's just what happens when your office is on the main street in Catherine in the Northern Territory. It's just part of the office ambience. Or some people like elevator music, slightly different for our next guest, Liv Thompson. Lives with LAWD. She's originally a Territory kid, having grown up on cattle stations across the north. But she wanted to experience and see the world. After having a start in real estate, she realised she didn't want to be a yuppie agent. And the dream of riding cutting horses and the lure of potential big cash in Texas was too good to refuse. Well, for Liv, although the riding and experience was amazing, the cash certainly wasn't what it was talked up to be. Nonetheless, she spent more of her money fixing tyres and at one stage even had to go without food. That was all just part of the adventure in shaping who she is and what she's doing today. Today, she's a director with LAWD out of Catherine. She loves her community and the jobs that she's found her way into. So, let's jump into this one. We've got Liv Thompson from Law, who's a director based in Catherine, the Northern Territory. For the people who aren't familiar with the Pop Rocket Cafe, check it out. <laughs> Liv, I, I want to know, you've been in the Territory for four years now. What was it that drew you up there? I just wanted to come home. So I spent my childhood on cattle stations in the Northern Territory. My parents had the lease at Phillip Creek for a while, which is New Tennant Creek. And my early childhood was at Amaru Station. And then spent a lot of time sort of around the Big River District. And Limbanya was another place that I lived at when I was a kid, um, which I got to sell last year, which was a nice sort of full circle coming back home. And uh, spent a little bit of time in the Kimberley as well. Mum and Dad used to manage Old Questro Station in the early days. Wow. What is it about the Territory in Northern Australia for you? Well, some say it's the last frontier. I have to agree. I don't know. It just feels like home when I smell rain in the desert or... You know, you see the wet season clouds rolling in and the monsoon and you just have months and months of hot weather and then all of a sudden it's the dry season and it's just perfect. It's, you know, I guess from that point of view, I love the territory. But the people, I've never been in a more entrepreneurial town than Catherine. Nobody just has a job. They have a business and then they have these side hustles and then they have investment properties and, you know, and even in the pastoral industry, it just amazes me that you would never know if somebody was a truck driver or they had a string of properties and were an absolute millionaire. So you just can't judge a book by its cover. Very few people. Well, and I, I feel like the things, and this is coming from a complete outsider, the things I've heard of Catherine is like crime rates and challenges with like the locals and whatnot. It must be an interesting place to work kind of as a, a cross-section town for so many other people but also it does have its challenges. Yeah, look, I guess we are going through a bit of a phase at the moment and it, it probably is getting a lot of media coverage because I guess because people are trying to be proactive and address the problem. They're, I think there's a lot of bored youths and I guess, you know, it sort of picks up a little bit over the wet season when people come in from surrounding communities to being Catherine as well, just overcrowded living, that kind of thing. But the community of Catherine is probably one of the things I love about living here. I've never been in a more charitable place as as far as fundraising or events go and just uh, there's a lot of warmth amongst the people. The thing like I definitely miss about living in country towns and that I, I loved, I was in Roma 
only recently. And yeah, like literally everyone knows each other, but you actually know things about the people as opposed to, I think, down the street here in Geelong or whatnot. You might see people that you know, but it's literally superficial compared to what rural towns have. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the territory itself is, you know, quite a small place in that sense of of people sort of knowing each other. And, you know, there's, I often do that trip down the Stuart Highway, you know, from Darwin to Alice kind of thing is my stretch. And, you know, the places to stop because you're going to run into people. And I just even with my job driving people around, you know, I've had the most amazing stories, success stories of, you know, well, I started out here and this is how I ended up with five cattle stations kind of thing. So tell me a little bit about your career. So you obviously grew up in the Territory, but what were you interested in as a, a younger tacker and looking to, I guess, start to build a career? Well, the truth is I probably was like any 20-year-old, actually 19. I'd finished school and I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do at all. Probably just go to Melbourne because all my friends, I, I finished off high school in Echuca, Victoria, and all my friends went to Melbourne. So I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I probably just wanted to follow the pack. And mum and dad moved to Darwin, so followed them up here. And my first job was actually in real estate. I did a traineeship and worked as a PA for a residential agent for a couple of years and then had an opportunity to go and work as a a loper for a um, cutting horse trainer in the States. So went and did that for a couple of years. And I think good combination of I think it's good to get a bit of a skill and a bit of an idea of a career, I guess, and then go and do a job where you're working really long hours and not getting paid very well. Even though it's fun, you kind of work out pretty quickly that if you're going to work hard that you want to make good money. So after that, I did have a stint where I worked in a motorbike shop, still a bit lost, went to Cairns at about, I think it was 23 then, went to Cairns and started working for a property developer and selling residential land. Just a, a quick snapshot. For those people who are listening and have no idea what a cutting horse trainer is, so obviously you cut your teeth in real estate land and then thought, actually, I'm going to go and chase cattle and horses and, and whatnot. How did the opportunity come up over in the States? A friend had been over there and he said a good rider like you would earn 70000 a year, you know, which was, seemed, was a really lot of, it was a lot of money like 20 odd years ago. And for a 20-year-old, I was like, well, why would I keep working as a PA? I applied for a job over there and it was uh, actually $200 a week. That was the going rate. <laughs> so it was really good because it taught me to save as well. And yeah, I had done a lot of um, a lot about racing as a youth and the dream is to always go to the States. And, you know, whilst it wasn't in barrel racing, it was another avenue. And I, I loved it so much that I did stay two years. But I think it's a good young person job. And is everything bigger in Texas? Uh, well... I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah, I guess everything about Texas is big in personality, in nature. Yeah, and I think once you've been a Texan, you're always a Texan as well. It's definitely my favourite state. What are the similarities between like Northern Australia and maybe that, I guess, true iconic cowboy that we see out of Texas and America? Uh, I don't even really think it is that similar. I felt like I'd gone to Japan when I got to the States, like just the culture shock was almost a bit overwhelming. I thought we speak the same language, they have an accent. I didn't realise nobody was going to be able to understand me or just that, you know, going into the supermarket was a big experience of like not knowing, I had no idea what any of their food was. 
And I lost 10 kilos because I didn't realize they ate so much chili. And I grew up on such a bland diet of like corned beef or stews and really, you know, free veg and meat kind of diet. And then to move there and everything sort of got a Mexican influence. Um, what I love about Texans is I love their manners. I love how courteous they are towards each other. I love that when they shake each other's hand, they take their glove off first and they have those kind of old fashioned values. And I guess, yeah, probably a similar lifestyle, the ranch ranching to cattle stations, very different, but I guess similar in their love for the land. And so you mentioned you came home to Australia and you went back into the property world. What was it that like with the skill set you had and the interest that didn't take you back to working on a station or on farm? No, I just, I, I think, look, to be honest, I'd probably like the salary package of, of real estate better than working on a station. And and I just like that, you know, you could almost be your own boss as well. And, you know, the more you sold, the better your income was. So you find a little bit more control in your destiny to be. And so how has that evolved for you in the real estate world? How has it evolved? Yeah. How's your career evolved in real estate? And what are some of those opportunities that have popped up for you? I moved across in 2019 and I'd had a really great year in 2018 and another company had offered me a job opening an office. They hadn't had any exposure in real estate or property sales for a long time. And anyway, I was a little bit delusionally positive about how great it was going to be. And I think my first year I made $960 commission and my savings account was dwindling away. And then I had some really great people give me an opportunity. And I even had a couple of people say, yeah, you can list our cattle station as well, which I, to be honest, I was totally clueless. You know, I grew up on the land. I've got a lot of great influences in my life when it comes to propping and cattle, that kind of thing. But I just had no idea when it came to selling. So obviously it's evolved a lot in that sense. So when Millie chatted to you a few weeks ago, she did mention there was a bit of a funny story about a dairy opportunity in Northern Australia that was worth asking you about. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm just uh, the messenger. So I did get an email that was uh, somebody looking to set up a dairy in North Australia. But can I say, had I have not sent out that ridiculous email to our entire database, I wouldn't have got, I actually had a lot of people contact me. And I listed two stations out of it. So, so, like, what was the feedback you got out of that? Well, silence was the, probably the, the strongest barometer there. But I did have some people reach out and say, oh, hey, welcome to the Territory. Or, you know, oh, do you sell stuff around Catherine? Or, you know, or even had someone from the Kimberley, just an elderly gentleman used to call me every now and then just to sort of give me an update on what's happening in the Kimberley market. And, yeah, it was really productive in that sense of getting my name out there definitely um, caught people's attention. And like I said, uh, Gwinter Gwenta, who started Brits Car Rentals, actually contacted me and said, well, you can also list Scott Creek and Maruva West. Ah, oh, does he have a son, Marty? He does. Gotcha. Yeah, I met Marty in Darwin once. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So, like, and I think one thing with our audience is there are lots of younger people that listen, live, and I think although we you wanting to – topple over with embarrassment initially, it actually turned out to be something quite good. Absolutely. And I think like anybody that looks back on their career kind of cringes at their early days. And from that, I actually did an inspection at Scott Creek and I had no idea about how to do an information memorandum or really 
didn't know. I just sort of treat it like any other inspection that I would take them out. And if there was any questions, I'd follow up on it. And I got quite told off actually, because I, I was unprepared, but you don't know what you don't know, I guess. And I made it my mission to know after that. And I actually showed that same buyer a couple of properties in recent years. And the first one, I was so proud to give him my information memorandum, which was quite an extensive one. And he actually said last year, he said, you know, we've really watched your career and, you know, we're really proud of what you're doing. And yeah, it was nice to have that support. Do you look back on that, I guess, being in the deep end, swimming and just trying to stay afloat often to actually look at how far you've come? Probably not really. I guess it's when you sort of think of those little stories, like the story I told Millie, where you sort of go, oh, geez, rookie era. (laughs) But I think you've just got to be bold and get out there and give it a go. Not be afraid of making mistakes because you will, but sometimes mistakes can lead to listing two stations. Yeah, well, and I was going to ask on that because do you find like it's not a, well, I guess not backing away from maybe not knowing it's actually going, oh, if things don't work out, something, it'll be right, like it's not the end of the world kind of thing? Absolutely. Yeah, you've just got to keep moving forward. You will cringe a little bit when you think about it, but you still have to keep moving forward. (laughs) So is there any other career highlights or stories which kind of pop up that you think have been quite formative in terms of forming you over the years? Probably just the opportunity to work on the North Star Pastoral portfolio showed me a completely different way of, of doing things and it was, yeah, it was just a remarkable experience. I was extremely proud to be a part of the process. And so at that stage you you weren't working for Lord? No, I was working for another company at that point. And what do you think you've learned about that, I guess, willingness to live in quite rural parts of Australia and still be able to build a career? I think there's nothing like being at grassroots level with people that I can go into the supermarket and bump into, you know, people that, well, there's one deal I'm working on at the moment and that happened because I happened to be getting lettuce the same time as, you know, another person and and had a discussion. So you just never know where your opportunities are going to come from. And also having an understanding, like understanding of the process of properties. I feel like you need to live here to understand it. You need to be a part of that community. And, you know, this time of the year, we're about to go into our really hard time of the year as far as, you know, cattle hanging on water and finalising musters and potential for bushfires. And the next couple of months gets really tough. I feel like if you don't live here, you don't really understand those elements as well. So it's the community, the environment. It's really beneficial. And I think I'm probably one of the only sort of corporates that actually is based in a rural town in the Northern Territory. And that transition into Lord, we obviously know that the business hasn't been around for too many years. I think it was 2020 that it started, about that. What's it been like to join that team, the business, working much more closely with Danny more often? Oh, I'm really proud. I mean, there's, as we discussed before, it's a fast-growing company. I'm losing track of all the people that we have there now. I feel like every week we've got new people joining, but just a lot of outstanding professionals. And love also the different sides that we have, you know, we've got a really strong transaction, agri-transaction team, but we also have an amazing development team that's based in Melbourne. And also we've branched out to Sydney and have some great people there. So just sort of that cross-pollination between the two groups and learning the intricacies of both of those businesses. So what is it for you, Liv, that's getting, like, I guess, keeping you involved, but also getting you excited about where agriculture's at, but also where it's heading? I guess, like, How many places around the world can you buy large holdings with big herds like you have in the Northern Territory or, you know, even parts of Queensland? 
I think that's exciting and I think it does make it quite unique. And also the cropping side of things as well. I mean, we're going through a bit of a cotton boom, as you probably know, and just seeing how that's expanding. You know, there's a lot more people getting out there growing cotton now and just seeing how it evolves as well and, and how productive it is up here. Yeah, well, I remember driving through there in July last year. I was with a fellow who'd spent probably 15 years in the Territory and he was like, this is the first time I've ever crossed the Barclay and seen just cotton on the sides of the road that had obviously come off trucks as it was driving through it. It certainly seems like there's a lot of excitement and, and chat about it. Well, hopefully there won't be too much more through the Barclay as our cotton gin's fast um, coming to completion. And that's in Catherine too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's just uh, about 30 kilometres north of Catherine. Yeah, cool. Well, I've only got one other question and I ask everyone that comes on, Liv, and I'll be interested because you've definitely tracked around a little bit in terms of your career and different things. But if you had the chance to chat to year 10 students about a career in agriculture, what would you say to them? Look, I'd I'd probably say don't think too much into it. Just go and see where it leads to. Just make a start somewhere and see what area you enjoy and what interests you and where your career path goes from there. Awesome. Well, that's it for another episode from us here at Humans of Agriculture. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts and, well, if you're not, let us know. Hit us up at hello at humansofagriculture.com. Get in touch with any guest recommendations, topics or things you'd like us to talk and get curious about. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Rate, subscribe, review it. Any feedback is absolutely awesome and we really do welcome it. So look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane. We'll see you next time.